0: Gearwebsites.com is your source for firearms-based playing cards and books. We also have mugs, shirts, and posters with designs that we've made live. Of course, we have patches every Friday. is Free Patch Friday. We appreciate your support. Thank you for shopping at Gearwebsites.com. America, and this is Uncle Sam with music and the truth until dawn. Right now, i got a few words for some of our brothers and sisters in the occupied zone. The chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your song. <laughs> Welcome everybody to our daily gun show. We come to you live every weeknight at midnight eastern and talk about guns for an hour and eventually I'll find the thing that I'm looking for. Oh no that's not what I'm looking for. That's weird. It only brought up one thing so we're going to close this and try that again without talking because obviously if i talk and type at the same time it doesn't work so i'll do it that way and there we go so now we've got the screen up the where it normally is so nobody's confused or concerned that the screen isn't the way it normally is we've got a couple of things going on on the screen here but as we uh, start to look around we'll say thanks to everybody who joins us live we run these shows live each evening at midnight eastern each night we do a or we have a different focus and on tuesdays it's the second amendment each week we feature a different state and we talk about what that state did or is doing or has done and uh eventually we may even get to the point where we're paying attention to some of the situations that they've got going on there we're basically just been giving you a static report without a lot of uh useful data but as we get a second or every second matters project uh The enhanced version two of Every Second Matter is underway. Uh, The results of that will provide more useful insight to the current status of some of these states as far as their Second Amendment status. Anyhow, so we uh, look at states each month or each week. And each week you decide the people who join us live. I probably should have wiped my thing off. I got mango everywhere. The people that watch us live are going to pick what state we're going to look at next week. So this week, we're looking at the state of chocolate, where the chocolate was invented and comes from. So the, everyone knows that's also where pencils come from. So we're talking about Georgia. Um, oh, no, wait, I mean, Pennsylvania. So we're going to be talking about Second Amendment stuff that happened in Pennsylvania. A lot of people are going to say themselves, nothing happened in Second Amendment in Pennsylvania. But there was a couple of things, and we'll talk about them. And the people that joined us live tonight will also be able to determine the fate of next week's show and what state we'll be talking about next week. So thanks to everybody again who's showing up live. Let's take a look at your choices for next week's topic statewide. California, we have Oregon, we have Washington, and we have New York. So... I am on the wrong account, so I can't see the status. I would have to vote, and I don't want to screw with the vote, so I'm going to come over here and change my account because I'm willing to do that to make a honest poll result here so that nobody's got any concerns, that there's any thumbs on the scales. There we go. Eventually, this thing will come back to the right account. And we will see that with... A number of votes that has yet to be displayed. We will. Ha- Why is this taking so long? Do I have a whole bunch of software running? It usually acts this way if I got a whole bunch of stuff going on. Oh, it's a dead heat between every single state on the list. So let's take a look at what every single state on the list is this week. California. Oh, I guess I already said. Oregon, Washington, New York. So maybe you're the fifth vote, and you'll determine. Maybe you will be the one who determines what state we talk about next week. Maybe you're listening to this in the future because I talk to the people in the future pretty much every night. Um, If you're listening to this in the future and you're upset, like you're just really pissed right now because you didn't get to determine who or what state we're going to feature next week. Guess what? All you got to do is show up live. I'm not saying quit your job, right? I'm just saying take a long break. Uh, I don't know how many sick days you get. I don't want you to put your job in jeopardy or anything. On the other hand, there's an opportunity. We're live every night um and maybe have a proxy maybe you could uh talk to one of the people that shows up regularly defense dad is out there he might proxy for you and uh, have a proxy vote so to speak anyway so we're uh got that poll out there feel free to participate in it and uh determine what we're going to talk about next week we're going to be talking about pennsylvania here in a minute we also normally have a poll going on the channel not on the video right here, but on the channel, that would describe or would give people the option to vote on a 2A activist to talk about this Tuesday. However, somebody either scheduled two for next week or forgot to schedule one for this week or, you know, whatever. So if I had interns, I could blame them. It would be nice. So if I had interns, I could be yelling and screaming at them. I would throw things maybe. I wouldn't throw things at them, but I would throw things, right, to show my how upset i am that this didn't get done so because it didn't get done we're going to go back to six days ago and look at the runner-up actually we didn't even look at this last week so last week uh, we asked robin sandoval john crump michael schwartz juliana crowder or timothy weaver or did we think about this last week and we did robin sandoval maybe we did robin sandoval no, I don't remember. So, we're going to go with Dr. Timothy Wheeler this week. So, see how we're making lemonade? We're making, it's like if life gives you bacon, make baconade. So, we're going to make some baconade out of that. Not out of Timothy Wheeler, but out of the fact that someone else voted for him earlier. All right, so uh, I also have the calendar up. Those viewers who may be wondering, well, that's all well and good. We know that this is our chat over here, and we know that this is the live feed and whatever. What's this over here? Well, guess what this is? This is guncalendars.com. We have a bunch of different websites out there. One of them is focused on the calendar, uh, both with 2A rallies, uh, different industry events, and different things that go on in the community. We are... Of course, we also look back at history and uh, accomplishments, setbacks, inventions, births, passing away of some people, and inventions, if I already didn't say that one already. So we have a bunch of stuff to talk about in the calendar over here. I figured, why don't we start off the show today, since it is 2A, talk a little bit about stuff that's going on in the calendar. We missed a couple of things this week because it was already the first of the month. And typically, the first of the month, we were kind of chatting about this last chat. Um, the first of the month is when legislation will usually take effect, like such and such first of such and such month. So, a lot of times, we see the legislation take place on the uh, first day of the month. So, this month, we had hunting with uh, in Louisiana with hunting with a suppressor in Louisiana become decriminalized in 2014. So, that means they take an eraser to the laws that prohibit hunting with a suppressor and erase those laws. So now hunting with a suppressor is, it's up to you. If you want to, you can, if you don't have to, you don't, if you don't want to. Uh, And then Alaska set a prohibition on open carry. I actually should read that correctly. Alabama ended a prohibition on open carry, which is totally different than what I just said, uh, August of 2013. So uh, back in 2013, Open carry had been prohibited. Remember, open carry was prohibited in a lot of the states, and then they got concealed carry. So, we'll get the doom and gloomers. We'll get the people that are upset because the you know everything isn't an easy win, or they get a setback, or they perceive that they you know grass is greener, and they'll mope grow Well, one of the things we'll say is like, hey, you know, um, we have fifty states with concealed carry, and we have fifty or half of those states, fifty percent of the states with constitutional carry well we just assume because we're thinking that back to the winds there you know the last we all have been online having conversations live when illinois got constitutional carry we've been having online conversations while illinois residents have already had to renew those initial ccws right so we've been kind of taken for granted the fact that first battle was open carry in many places hey we have the right to have a gun, and maybe the state allows, maybe it doesn't, the concealed carry of a gun, but I'm going to carry my gun anyway with just out in the open. That's not concealed carry, therefore I can carry it around. Some states are like, of course, we don't, you know, we only say you can't conceal carry, so that means we're not saying anything else. Other states were like, oh no, wait, if we prohibit concealed carry, we of course also meant open carry, but they didn't write it down and say it, so everyone just know either had to change laws or just assume it became a big cultural thing so that open carry thing when people hear about the open carry movement or the open carry auditors and stuff some of that could potentially be uh, echoes of those people who first did the open carry introductions people that say oh open carry is an introduction to firearms for a community that might not be familiar with firearms as a way to normalize firearms, as a way to show the variety and depth of firearms ownership and stuff. And the reasons why people carry and that it's non-threatening and it's not a big deal. Other people say, Oh no, it's a big deal. And it's going to confuse people and they're going to get scared and they're going to use this to lash out where normally they'd just be quiet. So if we don't bring it up, then they won't yell at us about it. So, uh, you know, we have different, uh, theories on it, but again, when, the people who did open carry and successfully, in their minds, I'm sure, got states past that hurdle of guns are normal or to the, you know, over the hurdle. And now I understand that guns are normal. So that normalized to the extent that concealed carry was oh, good to go. And then even normalized even more to where constitutional carry. So, in other words, states had to be normalized that guns are okay or had to be, become aware that guns are okay. And then they got comfortable with people concealed carrying once they were comfortable with people concealed carrying, they decided, okay, it's comfortable, we're, we're comfortable with people concealed carrying without any kind of permission granted by the state or requirements um, infringed on by the state. So now that people have lived for Arizona's case since 2010, so now 12 years, just just literally the anniversary of the other day, if you would go back one more day on this calendar, it would say July 30th or 31st or whatever it was, and that's when Arizona, uh, became uh, constitutional carry, the second state to be constitutional carry in 2010. So that means that for 12 years, people that are in Arizona and people that know other have been comfortable or have become acclimatized to the idea of constitutional carry, that anyone who's legal to own a gun can carry the gun however they want. Now, it doesn't mean that everyone's going to exercise that right, but when everyone has that right, it means things. It means that Society has to recognize that each other could be carrying a firearm. Most people don't give a shit about that, but criminals do. Criminals realize that and criminals talk to each other. And if a criminal says, hey, where's the best place to be a criminal to some other criminal? That answer might be somewhere where there's not a potential that the, the victim is going to have a gun and kill you for whatever you were about to do. Uh, it's not up to the victim to understand your, you know, your intent. If you're about to hurt someone and they're in fear, they're gonna react. And if you've instigated it, have a good night. So criminals aren't stupid. They know that stuff. And that's a that's a consequence of constitutional carry and of concealed carry that nobody wants to talk about. But uh anyway, I guess um I don't know. I got myself gotten into a going into nowhere there. So I'm reading text here and seeing that nobody's out there. So now I'm just chatting to myself, which is creepy and weird. So if anybody is out there, feel free to leave some comments. I see DJs out there and Defense Dad said some earlier. Wood said some earlier. But again, I just realized I've been sitting here for 15 minutes chatting to myself, which is creepy and not my goal. So we're just going to quit talking about the calendar. We'll be interactive when there's people to be interactive with. Uh, We got the four guys that are out there must have voted because we got the four votes. So we'll just quickly transfer over or uh what's the word uh transition over to the uh, podcast realm and just give you the deal on pennsylvania so i'm going to open up the 50 states of 2a a book we put together in 2020 with the goal of uh offering one page per state or one state per page uh and if you can i guess i need to open up my thing on the thing there so if you look on the screen if you're uh, listening to this as a podcast it's a it's a small pamphlet size book it's a, it's like a paperback and it's half the size of a piece of paper so eight by five or something and uh, uh each page in the booklet has a different state on it at the top is some information about the state and then throughout the rest of the page there's a bunch of illustrations and uh, information about the organizations the facilities or the infrastructure the individuals, and the industry uh, that's associated with the state. Pennsylvania's got a lot, so let's dig into it. Uh, At the beginning of the page, we start with when they were uh, brought into the union. So instead of having to bring it up, I'm going to try bringing the camera down and see how that works so we don't have to be wiggling around all day today. So they were brought into the union on uh, December 12th of 1787. Not too many of them in December, so I'm wondering what's up with that. At least I don't remember too many of them being in December. I read this thing through the screen, so I need to get it to where I'm focused. Okay, there we go. Then uh, Pennsylvania, like a lot of states, has uh, their own constitution. And like all but nine of the states, they have a version of their own Second Amendment. So in Pennsylvania, it's Article 1, Section 21. And it's pretty short. The right of the citizens to bear arms in defense of themselves and the state shall not be questioned. Interesting. So that's an interesting uh, take on it. And uh, it's interesting that it's Section 21, but it is in Article 1. Moving on, we have some other characteristics that we'd like to compare the different states and give us some idea of their their status. So open carry is legal in Pennsylvania without a permit. Uh, concealed carry uh, is been around since 1989 uh, and it shall issue. Pennsylvania has 1,275,000 permits issued as of 2017. One of the things, additionally to the one state per page, one of the other things we have in this uh, booklet is uh, the number of concealed carry holders. So I'm looking through the uh, sort of the supplemental info here and checking out because 1,275,000 places Pennsylvania, just below Florida with the second highest number of concealed carry permit holders in the United States. And I'm guessing that means Pennsylvania with 1,275,000 concealed carry permit holders might have the second highest level of concealed carry holders in the world, right? Is there any other states that have more con- permitted concealed carry holders? I doubt it. So that's pretty impressive considering there's some states that are you would think of potentially being more gun friendly than Pennsylvania. Potentially but now you gotta think twice. Constitutional carry, not yet. Suppressors for hunting, no, not yet. Uh, Barbecue was actually just talking about that in his last chat. Uh, We'll take a moment here uh, for barbecue and for woods for all the bacon that was lost. Okay, so they do have a state firearm in Pennsylvania. Guess what it is? The Pennsylvania rifle. They're so vain they thought this song was about them and that was established in 2014 so they got that going on a lot of states didn't bother to ever do a state firearm there's only 10 of them next up is their sanctuary stat to a sa- sanctuary status so their second amendment sanctuary uh status so there's 60 allegedly there's 67 counties in Pennsylvania. Three of those counties have Second Amendment sanctuary status. There are 10 townships, though, and two boroughs. So although the 67 counties have not done anything for Second Amendment sanctuary status, it ta- sounds like 10 towns and two boroughs have. I have no idea the distribution of that. This information comes from a place called Oh, what is it called? It's called uh, SanctuaryCounties.com. We link to them on whatever state it is that they're from, but I'll just throw that out there. You know, we get this information from sources that pay attention to this stuff. Uh, Let's see. Next up is some of the infrastructure, some of the things, because there's quite a variety in Pennsylvania. We'll start off with the gunsmithing schools. There's the Pennsylvania gunsmith school that was founded in 1949. Uh, if you look at all the gunsmith schools, I don't remember if they're in this book, but I do have some lists in some of the other publications of gunsmith schools. And it's interesting how so many of them uh, were created after World War II. So government built a bunch of skill set, uh, gave guys a bunch of training, interest, uh, interest in their skill trades or whatever, and then sent them loose, sent them home. And uh, they needed to train each other. And then I imagine at some point, Career-wise, like as a generation career-wise, you probably see the creation of these schools in an attempt to transfer the knowledge to the next generation of uh, tradesmen and women, tradespeople. Oh, snap. Oregon just took the lead. Everybody be careful. We're about to move the screen. What? Oregon just took the lead. It's now winning. So there is a fifth person potentially watching or somebody in Oregon is faking it or somebody in the Pacific Northwest is faking it. We don't know for certain, there's no aspersions being cast. We just know that all of a sudden, Oregon is in the lead out of nowhere. Wolf Precision was established in 2009 and that's a long range shooting school in Summerest, Pennsylvania. There's also Penn Foster, an online learning uh, gunsmithing class out of Scranton which is across the hall from that paper company everybody knows about. So there's three different firearms instruction slash uh, gunsmithing kind of places in Pennsylvania. They've also got Camp Freedom started in 2019 in Carbondale. Uh, we talked about it a little bit. Uh, I don't remember if it was, whose chat it was. I've been in a lot of chats today. But earlier today, somewhere, I chatted about uh, the idea of veterans groups uh, supporting veterans, their families, and uh offering experiences sometimes solitude sometimes hunting or you know something like a trip and uh, i believe that's what camp freedom is all about there's a couple of those and i apologize i don't know all of those off the top of my head but i did do some rudimentary effort to include them in the projects like this although like i say, i apologize i don't know enough about their actual histories i just haven't had time to learn it yet so next is the interstate trap shooting Association, which uh, this one's tough because it's a long time ago. I did all this research, but the uh, trap shooting, skeet shooting, well, trap shooting first was one of the first shooting sports. It was the first shooting sport, I think. And it started a long, long time ago, 1892. Well, trap shooting started soon just before that, but this inner Trade trap shooting association was founded in 1892 and it lasted through 1819. Then in 1819, it became the uh, American Shotgun Association or something like that. So, shotgunning has been like a lot of things of interest and less interest, uh, popular, less popular, a lot of people involved, fewer people involved. Shotguns have been there the whole time. The people's amount of interest, society's focus on it, has fluctuated. And somewhere in there, either during peaks or famine, things changed and things moved. So sometimes things move because they're growing so big, it's time to upscale. Other times yeah, the other way around, it's time to move and downscale. I don't honestly remember what the circumstances were here. I believe it was a bunch of regional organizations collab or combined into a national level. And again, I don't know if that was due to lack of participation or because there was so much participation and people were curious or interested in a, you know, a, a national level consistency or whatever shotgun shooting is one of those things that people travel for some types of shooting people don't travel for so that's a whole other interesting conversation um next up is the international handgun metallic silhouette association the ihmsa of course now that was created in tucson arizona in 1976 and for some reason i have it here in pennsylvania Uh, For some reason so it must be in pennsylvania now maybe but this was actually started at three points a range that we should have used to shoot at all the time so uh kind of neat and it was interesting to find out that they moved pennsylvania i guess got a couple of museums there so i guess we'll go to the museums next pennsylvania's been around a long time uh second state in the union what i guess i forgot to say this they started on December 12, seventeen eighty-seven. They were the second state, so Pennsylvania's like, blah, blah, blah. you know, they're old. They've been around for a long time. They have old guns because the Pennsylvania rifle, remember, and you know, museums because been around for a long time. That means lots and lots of generations of people. So at some point in the history of Pennsylvania, the history of revolutionary war rifles the history of black powder rifles the history of pennsylvania rifles you get the eagle americana shop and gun museum i wish i had more time because this is interesting maybe on thursday we could talk about stuff like this but this is a museum that i started to uncover and discover through internet research it existed from 1965 to 1983 in Strasburg, pennsylvania now I haven't talked to anyone who might live around there and know anything about it. I just did all my research online, but this was super interesting because this was a c- guy who collected, and I forgot the deal, but let's say his wife let him. So he had like this museum He turned his restaurant into a museum or they built a building outside the restaurant or something happened, they were like a business. And then you know some version of his wife let him turn his museum into a separate thing. And then it became somewhat popular enough that it existed from 1965 to 1983 that's a while and it was a whole bunch of pennsylvania guns i think or let's just say old guns like that i've got some postcard evidence and some different pictures of the building and stuff but nothing like a nobody did a youtube video back then because they were lazy back in 1965 to 1983 and almost no youtube videos were filmed during that era so uh I don't know much about it other than at some point, the guy must have passed away or something, and the museum closed, and that collection was sold. And I don't think I really talk about it in here, but other museums were created and eventually faded, and then the collection moved on. So when we talk about firearms museums, one other conversation to have is about the collections themselves. So this was a collection of firearms that was amassed by one guy. It has a value and because it's got a value and an inherent interest to the community, it didn't get separated. It stayed together and people saw that they could create a museum around it. So let's buy the collection, keep it as a collection as opposed to the son of a bitch move where you buy the collection and sell it to a bunch of individuals. And now that history is gone. They kept the collection together and I think it went to Florida or something like that, but that would be an awesome conversation to have one day I'll be able to run this show all night and we'll have people like this on to clear up little mysteries like this, little things that tell us about this collection that sounds infinitely interesting for people that like Pennsylvania guns and the whole idea of people from Germany and people from England and people from wherever other countries they came from to the United States. And they said, hey, let's eat food together and let's drink together and whatever. And then they're like, why is your gun so wide? And that guy's like, why is your gun so long? And then they go, well, what if we made one that wasn't quite so wide and a little bit longer? And now we can beat the British because they suck and our gun is way better than their gun. Our hybrid gun, what are we going to call it? I don't know. Let's call it a Pennsylvania rifle. And for a long time, that's what they called it until Kentucky came along and went, hold on, hold my beer, hold my whiskey. And then uh, I guess that's a whole nother debate. So this is some interesting stuff, and you don't even have to like the rifles to realize that these guns were made by artisans. This was before interchangeable parts, cold hadn't been around yet. So these were guns that were, I'm gonna take inspiration from that and that, and I'm gonna create mine. And then people had their legacies, and then they had children, and their children were artisans and continued on the legacy and the tradition of their father, and maybe I just it and whatever. You had to have long barrels for accurate. What the hell was that? You have to have long barrels for accuracy right because these things were smooth bore and just ultimately fascinating we start to think about the mechanical differences and the design element differences and then whatever little glitches whatever clicks were probably involved because you know somebody was like well i like their gun but i like the grip angle on johan's rifle right i like the grip angle on uh i don't know somebody else's name joseph's rifle better like oh no the you that that's a nice grip angle but i don't like the way that he polishes his brass what if a what if a frenchman seen my polished brass rear sight i'm blah 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 blah. that's the kind of talk that happened in the taverns back then so uh that was this museum and that's why i included it in here even though i don't know that much about it super interesting and that all happened in pennsylvania there's also a city called uh, philadelphia where they make cream cheese and uh there's a river of cream cheese they just basically put it into tubs and sell it to the rest of the world they also have a museum there called the kine bush and he's got a gallery of arms and armor and many match locks where the lock and first lock uh, anyway so they have a museum there with a bunch of old-fashioned ornate guns again artisans making the guns and it costs like a lot of money so i'm going to make it look fancy also well, kings and queens were like, well, oh, that's nice, but mine has to look even fancier. And I think that's the kind of stuff that's here. That museum was started in 1977. If I ever get to that museum, that'll be nice. But I've been to Pennsylvania or I've been to Philadelphia and it was too busy for me. I didn't have an I didn't I didn't feel comfortable there. Um, There's just too much going on. Like all the roads were closed. I was trying to get to this one restaurant and I finally got to it because of all the stupid one ways. And I'm not used to that. And then when I got there, it was closed because two blocks away, there was a parade. I'm like, so what if there's a parade two blocks away? You can't stay open for something that happens two blocks away. So anyway, I didn't like Philadelphia too much. But I, I guess I would go there if I happened to be back there again. Then there's the Pennsylvania Long Rifle Museum. Don't know anything about it. It says Nazareth. That must be a place. And then there's Gettysburg. You ever heard of Gettysburg, Pennsylvania? They have a national military museum with... 100 guns. Wow. So that's a military museum in Massachusetts. 100 guns. You're going to pass 100 guns on your way to the gift shop at the J.M. Davis Museum, for crying out loud. Come on, man. That was created in 1895. 1895. That's before Gizzard Gary was born. Now we're going to take a look at some of the people in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, We got... Josh Prince from the uh, Firearms Industry Consulting Group. He's a lawyer who does things. Some people like him. Some people aren't as impressed by him. Then you've got the Kentucky Rifle Association that started in one thousand, nine hundred and sixty-one in Valley Forge. I've heard of Valley Forge, so that's interesting. When you think of that, the what was it? The uh, Militia Act of nineteen oh three created most of the state rifle and pistol associations. The hell, Pennsylvania. It took till one thousand, nine hundred and sixty-one. Everybody else is doing their your job of protecting the country and Pennsylvania's like, oh yeah, I guess we should have a rifle association since everybody else started one 61 years ago. 61 years ago. Uh, they started the Ruffled Goose Society. No, Ruffled Grouse, excuse me, Gizzard. The Ruffled Grouse Society, established in 1961 in a fake place called Caropolis. Fake. Uh, then we have the PA2A.org. I've been around since 2012. I'm pretty sure I met that dude. A lot of organizations talk the big talk. This guy went to gun rights policy conference in Phoenix in 2019 with Clover and some other people who didn't need to spend that kind of money to go to gun rights policy conference in 2019. I mean, I've been to a lot of gun rights policy conferences. That's that's putting some effort into going to something that was unknown and honestly didn't pay off that much. So well done. Good people. And like I said, paid off in the fact that everybody knows who they are, who is, you know, because he showed up or whatever. I don't remember if he was with somebody. He might have been with other people, and I don't want to discount if there was a group of people there. I only met the one guy. Next, we have Annette Evans, uh, who's at the Race Street Range. Um, she's pretty awesome, and she does some Instagram stuff. Um, I got to do cartoons, better cartoons of some people. I don't really dig that cartoon. Um, and then we got, what am I missing? maj who does well i guess we're going to go through the organizations next and we'll meet everybody that way so then we have derringer the guy who created a small revolver or small guns and now everybody calls everything small a derringer a lot of times that was an actual dude his name was harry and he was alive from uh i oh, can't read my card so if i didn't write it on there i don't know so basically that guy was alive a long time ago then you got Magnum Research. They moved to Minnesota in 2010. So are you going to explain to myself why the hell I put that at the top? Oh, I guess I don't like my order on this one, but if for whatever reason, I put Magnum Research there. So actually they just got owned by they owned, car arms, bought them. So car arms existed and then they moved Magnum Research from Minnesota to uh, Pennsylvania. Car Arms moved from New York, where they were founded in 1995. They were bought and then moved to Pennsylvania in Pike County uh, in 2015. Uh, and then IWI, which used to be IMI, so it used to be Israeli Military Industries, and now somewhere in at some point they changed the name to IWI, Israeli Weapon Industries. Uh, they started their U.S. operations in Pennsylvania back in 2013. So that was an organization, a company that was selling stuff through like a middleman, selling stuff through an importer. And I guess at some point they decided, hey, we got enough potential here with all the little baby eagles and stuff to, they do Jericho's too. They? They, did, they did a couple of different guns. So they probably thought, you know, instead of going through a middleman, let's just create our own base operations. Or, and I don't know the deal, maybe they decided let's make a 380 in the United States. And therefore, we need some retail space there so that we don't have to import it. Uh, That Josh Prince guy does a thing called the Firearms Industry Consulting Group that started in 2013. So sort of a bunch of attorneys that are focused on gun industry-related stuff. So manufacturers, I think, manufacturers, gun shops, interactions with the government agencies that enforce and regulate. I think that's what they do. And then some awareness. It's frustrating because this guy hangs out with people that are unscrupulous and I don't respect. So I don't know too much about this guy because of who he hangs out with. Then we've got uh, Professional Outdoor Media Association, POMA, uh, started in 2005. I don't know where Johnston is, but for some reason, I always thought POMA was somewhere in the south. So that was kind of interesting for me to learn that uh, POMA is uh, an, a, a way for media folks to be in contact with the industry in a professional level. It's pretty cool. Um, so if you're a writer or not so much YouTube, mostly writer, photographer um other kind of journalists perhaps uh, you, and, and if you're in the marketing industry you might want to check out poma it's a good resource it's like 300 bucks a year to be a member but uh, you have access to the industry in a way that's more focused than linkedin i think i mentioned 2a or pa 42 2a or pa2a.org sorry that gets confused with a california one a uh, good group of people as far as i'm aware they do a lot of reposting and letting you know they kind of have one of these things that's like A channel that's there and it's doing stuff but it's not trying to prove nothing and when it's necessary or important they're right on it they've kept their channel active so that it's useful when they need it it's not just a dead channel that they have to blow the dust off of and try to figure out how to use it they're active enough to be able to you know speed up whenever they need to but at the same time uh, they're not putting so much effort into it that uh, every day you're getting something useless or extra from them not extra-like in a good way, like extra-like wasting everybody's time. You know, they're not doing that. Then we get uh, Kellyanne, Pige- uh, Kellyanne Pigeon. Yeah, so uh, she's armed and feminine. I started learning about her back when GunTube started getting created, which must have been about the same time she started doing her thing, which is interesting. So she hit the scene in such a splash that she was really one of the first superstars. I'd say even the first superstar, actually the first superstar of GunStreamer. Uh, gunstreamer.org is a video hosting platform focused on gun-related stuff. It's called GunStreamer, and it was uh, created by an individual and a team, and his team out of uh, Salt Lake City. We got an opportunity to meet them in Salt Lake City, I think, a couple of times, and then a bunch of times at Shot Show. Good people, uh, good intent, good effort. Unfortunately, it, you know, it just didn't continue. But um, you know, it lasted five years or four years. It lasted a good while, and uh, they had a feature, a focus on firearms, but they weren't appealing to the largest creators, so it gave regular people a chance to get on board and actually participate in a platform that wasn't dominated by people with so many resources and experience that it was just not even a fair game, and without even putting their thumb on the scales, uh, Kelly came onto the scene with such a splash that she became the superstar of that platform for, she still is. She's, she's got more subs than me, which, you know, it's pretty tough to do. Cause I'm pretty awesome and I'm giant on the internet, but uh, she's awesome. And she's involved in the DC project. Uh, she does an awesome job and she's now super experienced because she's been playing the game for a bit. Uh, she's been uh, teaching, educating both male and female, but then instructing or coaching, female instructors, from what I understand, like giving people encouragement. And uh, and she's also very active in the DC project from what I can tell from just, uh, you know, seeing her involvement in the photos and stuff and the different places that they show up as a group. Uh, then we get also, since we're in Pennsylvania, we can go, or yeah, since we're in Pennsylvania, we can go to Philly and that's where uh, Maj is uh, kind of housing or focusing Black house, uh, Black Guns Matter. And that was an organization he started in 15. Same time Tony started uh, 2A for E, and the same time uh, uh, Phil started uh, uh, NAAGA. And uh, Maj took his and all three of those guys took him in a different direction. Maj is focused on Philly. He took it out and went kind of national with some of the let's teach impromptu gun courses and the second amendment awareness, but now moved back to Philly and is offering courses from plebotomy to um, like uh, life skills and things like that. So offering a true community center uh, with this like initial focus on firearms and offering firearms education and then growing into more of a community center type of thing, which Again, we were chatting about this in every second matters chat earlier today that uh you know we can sit around and go wouldn't it be nice if or you know they should have done this or wouldn't it be great if resources were allocated a different way but one of the things we can also do is champion those folks who are out there accomplishing things in new ways that are useful and again creating a, a community center type of uh, facility based on the uh from the initial focus on firearms education, I just think is super cool and inspirational for uh, others in the community. All right, so that's, again, the 50 States of Two-Way uh, book that we put together to attempt to uh, take some of the stuff from the Minuteman University website and put it into a paper uh, um, format, you know, a book format. So that if someone's uh, in a live conversation or doing some kind of research or something, you've got hopefully available handily a bunch of uh, information about the states. And once you've kind of perused it a few times, uh, you don't have to memorize anything. You can just remember, oh, that's the kind of stuff that's in here. And if I remember right, it is in here. I think I kind of uh, alluded to it earlier And some of the states where there's just not so much stuff to include. We added other things in this case, hunting organizations, sort of a history from uh, 1887, up until the last one that I'm aware of being created, Quail Forever in 2005. Uh, again, something that most people probably aren't going to be familiar with, even if you're a hunter. You might not know about, you know, bird and deer and all the different kinds of hunting uh, and the hunting throughout time. So it's just a way to kind of offer a bunch of stuff in a, in a handy resource uh, and, uh, you know, get the Second Amendment out there in interesting and useful ways. So I'll uh, quit screen sharing there. We'll see if any. I don't think anybody really showed up tonight. So I don't know if it's because I posted this thing late or if the 2A Tuesday just doesn't. Uh, but I do appreciate the people that showed up live, uh, even though uh, I only got about a dozen chats all together here. We've got uh, the poll to take a look at. I guess I was going to do this. The uh, poll is now at six votes, another indication that we don't have too many people showing up tonight. Uh, I'm just... Describing that to the people that are listening in the future, you guys know that there's nobody here. Uh, California and New York both got one vote based on their bad gun laws. And then Oregon and Washington both got, I guess, two votes based on their bad gun laws. So we have to now determine if it's going to be Oregon or Washington. So what I'm going to do is, you guessed it, I'm going to end this poll right here, right now. Nobody's going anywhere. I'm going to end this poll. In addition, I'm going to edit this video. When I edit this video, I'm going to be able to record for history. Nobody's going to be able to duck away from this or act like it didn't happen. We're going to put the results of the poll right here for everybody to see so that they know, and the world in the future will know, that y'all just voted for two cities, two states with a tie. And ties aren't realistic. There's no such thing as a tie in nature. So we're going to eventually remove this and then go to here. And now that I've tidied that up so I don't have to do it later, we're going to go back to this chat. Mark is saying that Middleton, just a, throw, a stone throw, step skip away from Three Mile Island. Oh, Interesting. that's one way to mute the cough and then not turn the mute back on. I think it was on this show. I'm almost positive. It was on this show, not this particular show, but on the daily gun show years messed, I mean, maybe in the eight hundreds or something, maybe in the 1200s. No, it can't be in the 1200s. Like in the eight hundreds, like way before a thousand, maybe I can remember having a conversation about three mile Island. And I forgot what started it. And I ended up, either I did or somebody else did some really quick uh, research and I ended up finding a video that was super interesting. And the summary of it is if people don't know what Three Mile Island is, it was a nuclear power plant that had an issue in the olden days. And I think it might've been our first issue with a nuclear power plant ever. So everybody didn't know how to react. And, you know, the same way that people react in mass when they're not familiar with what to do that happened. So, um oh i need to go over here and end this poll so anyway uh three mile island was pretty interesting uh situation and um sorry i'm talking and typing it ain't working And I forget what started the conversation with us even looking into this Three Mile Island, but the results was the Three Mile Island, the accident and the causes from it ended up having to do with the fact that they hired people who were Navy nuclear submarine operators. And it's just a kind of a no one thought about it, but there's a difference between a nuclear submarines reactor and a regular reactor in a nutshell, a nuclear submarine is in the ocean. So it doesn't have to worry the same about cooling. It's a different cooling situation. So everyone just assumed that because these people are familiar with one reactor, they're gonna be familiar with all reactors. And they weren't wrong. It's not like they weren't doing their jobs. It's just that the way that they react to issues was different because they had this Navy or whatever protocol. And once they started to go through and figure out backwards engineer the problems and the issues and the consequences and stuff, It turned into a really neat study on the whole why it was a problem, but also in, I don't know if they discovered it at that point or used it for the first time, but instead of finding the person who caused the problem and saying, aha, now you're fired. Instead, they found the person that caused the problem and said, thank you. Because instead of hiding, pushing this button instead of that button, or I forget what the actual issue was. It was like ignoring a warning sign instead of and running through on every warning sign because they knew that they were used to seeing you know they assumed that they were used to seeing a false warning or something so by explaining the actual procedure instead of trying to hide it to not get in trouble they allowed them to actually figure out the cause of it all and they came up with or at least they were able to illustrate this strategy uh, if they didn't come up with the strategy of appreciating the person who caused the problem not Obviously, because they caused the problem, but because it allows them to then refine the process and make it future proof or, you know, that problem to not be a problem in the future. Anyway, I thought that was kind of neat. And that's my Three Mile Island story. There's a much better summary of it somewhere online. We've got three votes. I would suspect if we can get how many votes were there before. Technically, there were six votes before. So if we can get to five votes, uh, I mean, that would do it. We're at three votes already, so is it even possible? Does anyone even have any ambition to vote for Oregon now that its tables are turned and you have to vote on either Oregon or Washington? It seems as though no one is willing to stand up, okay, except for that person. So now how many votes do we have to wait for here? Six votes? If we're waiting for six votes, we would barely get a tie again. And in that case, that's it. That's that's the end of this whole thing. If we don't get a vote again, or if we don't get the same, well, now we've got, no, see, we don't, oh, this is impossible. Everyone thought that there might be some stress in your lives. You don't even know the stress of not knowing which state we might feature next week on 2A Tuesday. I can't, I just can't, I can't deal. So we're going to go talk about Timothy Wheeler while you all vote and try to decide this like gentlemen and gentle ladies. Uh, With... the poll of course i mean through the poll so we're going to go take a look at timothy wheeler dr timothy wheeler he is an md and there must be a lot of people with his name so now i'm starting to fall asleep we're going to go over to uh the what do you call this place uh minuteman university and we're going to go find the doctors of minuteman university which are somewhere down over here Attorneys, politicians, researchers. Hmm, I thought I had doctors. I'm maybe look over here. Resources. Lobby activists. I thought I had doctors. Am I crazy? Let me put up here doctor. Two-A doctors. Yeah, what's going on with this? All right. So now if we go to Dr. Timothy Wheeler. In uh, 1993, he founded Doctors for Responsible Gun Ownership, DRGO, uh, which in 1996 helped defund the CDC for its gun control spending, which I believe was this guy, Dr. fiara Fajara. Fajara. Uh, so anyway, Dr. Wheeler then, uh, started the DRGO. And then helped get the Dickey amendment and the Dickey amendment is, uh, when those doctors, uh, prevented the CDC from doing gun control research. So in 93, they created doctors for responsible gun ownership. A couple of years later, the CDC was found to be funding tainted research for, you know, in favor of gun control with taxpayer dollars, and then it was being cited as good because it was coming from the CDC instead of being impartial and accurate. So they uh, helped create the Dickey Amendment, which was an appropriation bill, whatever that means, to to stop um, funding of the CDC. And now every once in a while you hear, especially when Hillary was campaigning, she would say, the CDC is prevented from doing research because of the gun lobby. And the gun lobby is these like four doctors funded by JPFO or maybe Second Amendment Foundation probably, or just because they're doctors, maybe they didn't even need funding. They would be at the gun rights policy conference every year. So I'm not really sure of the total origin there, but whatever. It was uh, basically four dudes and some backing who uh, effectively stopped the CDC from being able to be uh, recklessly spending taxpayers' dollars to create you know, narratives on, you know, basically that's where we get a couple of the, if you've got a gun, you're more likely to be in an accident with a gun because they handpick data and only look at certain things and then go, oh, well, if we can extrapolate this from this handpicked data, that's kind of, you know, so they, they use some pretty poor stuff. And uh, they, some bunch of doctors were able to get together and with their awareness and, or like their reputation and their ability to articulate the situation. I guess I can move Mark's thing so you can see the cartoon I made. Um, Dr. Timothy Wheeler was instrumental and, hey, I'm to keep you eyeing, I guess I'll fall asleep, but I think he may have passed. For some reason I feel like he may have passed, but I might be thinking of a different doctor in which case I apologize. So I'm here to make aware, not necessarily offer a lecture. All right. So Patriot is saying good evening. Thanks for that. There's no hashtag going tonight. I'm about to run it out because we're just about an hour. If you haven't noticed, I run the Monday shows, especially when there's an interview. I'll run the Monday show on the big channel. The Wednesday show with the tactical quiz, I run that on the big channel. And then Friday with the weekly wrap up, I ran that. I run that on the big channel. These Tuesdays and Thursday shows are about 2A and they're, you know, focused on the week. Uh, and then the uh, Thursday show focused on training and travel or alternately or both, right? Um, I don't necessarily run those on the big channel. And uh, I don't need tonight. like, my goal isn't to sit here and rant, but I do want to include things like a focus on each state, a focus on Second Amendment advocates, a focus on an on a organization each week and You know this is my uh same as anybody doing push-ups every week or going to the range and practicing um you know the bigger shows uh we can put more time and effort into and more attention so these are still getting stuff done we're creating uh you know for people that are listening to this you're getting something that's hopefully useful interesting or if not repetitive on some data that's useful maybe not like useful immediately, I guess what I'm saying about like at least is throwing some data into the archives. And if you ever need to reclaim it, you know, you can go find it, um, which is at least to some extent useful, as opposed to crying about how, you know, a million other things that could be crying about. All right. Anyway, with that said, uh, thanks Patriot for joining in, but we were really just waiting to get uh, a poll result on which date to look at next week. I could not stop yawning. I'm going to, do I even have any water left? I'm going to play this commercial, and then you all can take a break, and I'm going to drink the hell out of whatever water I got left here. Maybe that'll keep me awake for the rest of the show. We make T-shirts. We just put up a new Mac T-shirt, a Mac 10 disassembled type of T-shirt. we got some more T-shirts on the way, but on uh, more designs for T-shirts on the way, but you can shove those on mugs and other things as you'll – soon discover hey did you know that you could help support our future projects and let everyone know you're a fan of what we do check out our print on demand store we have a tab here on youtube when you click on it you can choose from a bunch of different items we have shirts and posters and coffee mugs click on the one you like when you find the design you want to put on it choose a color and a size if it's appropriate And when you purchase these items, a portion goes to help fund our future projects. We really do appreciate your support. You get some cool stuff. When you get that stuff, post pictures here and on other platforms, and we'll hook you up next time you order from our gear website store. Thank you for your support of gunwebsites.com. All right. So I'm a little bit more hydrated and thanks to Patriot saying he does that every channel for the uh YouTubes and the spiders to uh engage, you know, to engage with uh, the stuff out there. So thanks for that. Um yeah, so we're gonna have Washington next week. Oh man, another yawn is I don't really drink coffee that much. Every once in a while I'll drink like a cup of coffee in the morning now, and then I don't drink any coffee. So my uh late night Uh, span is, is, uh, uh, suffering. When will the seven, six, two poster be available or am I overlooking it? No, I don't have that available. I never actually finished it. I've just been like alluding to that. I'm trying to figure out when I can try to do another, try to like steal some time away to do a a buyer's guide, kind of get some pictures and assemble some stuff from the AK stuff. Um, I'm getting close to being able to do that, but, um, Uh, see, PayPal makes your report over anything over 600. Someone sent me something as a thanks. No, PayPal's oh, yeah. Well, I get a lot of my stuff from projects and uh things through PayPal, so I baked. I hit the 700 a long time ago, so yeah, I mean, I'm sure, but I, I, yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's new or not. I don't know what the threshold is on it. It's, I've had PayPal for a long, long time. Um, let's see. So as far as the 7.62 poster, um, I just need to break some time away, but it's not a priority. I've just got a couple other projects that you know are imminent or taken priority. But uh, um yeah that's where it's at i'm working with alan anchor so we'll be doing something there and potentially uh we'll be able to get at least a sample or two before even if it's before the prime time one is ready but uh right now the only posters that are over there at the spreadsheet thing are the um well whatever's over there is over there i don't i don't remember exactly which one's because it's too late and i'm getting get tired uh let's see uh it used to be twenty thousand. Uh, one of those things I didn't push for, change it to six. Oh, okay, yeah, well, we got eighty six, seven thousand more IRS agents, so don't have to worry about worrying about it. your your audit will help you figure all that stuff out. So um without getting into all of that, we'll uh, say thanks again for the people that showed us up showed up live. and I was just thinking about it. I started doing the daily or I mean the uh, every second matters. that was an hour. Then I jumped on ghosts and that was a while and then I went into barbecues and then I went into this one so I didn't even eat nothing today and it's probably half the reason I'm loopy at this point but I definitely didn't drink no coffee I've just been drinking water this whole time so with that we're ending this one tomorrow is the tactical quiz tomorrow during the day is Cape Gunworks they go live it's a gun shop in Massachusetts a pretty fun show to listen to they're going to be, I forget what time, 3 o'clock. No, I don't know what time. And then Barbecue does his show. I forget which one is first now. Uh, then there's some other stuff. He got Chris from the 740 doing his show tomorrow. Sometimes Roll Call does his show. Night Strike just said, screw it, I'm doing my show on Wednesday this week because I don't care. And then later on in the day, we do the uh, tactical quiz if he feels like it uh there's a mouse party so in the middle of the night when everybody else isn't expecting it foss will go live and have a uh non-scripted place for people to hang out live and chat about often we talk about cons but whatever uh let's see they're debating whether delaware is real nope it is not real it's a fake state so with that we will end it again uh next week stay tuned to michigan and well, I'll just say thanks again to Daniel. I know you're getting some shit over there from PayPal or whatever, but I appreciate the uh, support for the channel. And with that, oh, I should also tell you that I got my, uh, you sent an email in for that thing. I got the response that I got approved. So appreciate whatever you said on that email or whatever. I got approved for that. So it's something where I can try to sell some pictures. So I'm going to see if I can't sell some pictures to this thing. i um, interested in checking out the Cape Gunworks. Yeah, you'll like it. He can, uh, uh, he's, he's, uh, able to, uh, react to questions that come in randomly from the radio. So from the telephone and, uh, answer without being a shill or some kind of repeater, you know, echo and, uh, without necessarily at least, I mean, maybe I'm a little bit, uh, bias but he doesn't bring everything to 2a like i'll bring everything to 2a because i don't care like i don't care about nothing else so if you ask me about a revolver it'll probably end up at 2a after a minute uh toby can talk about whatever so it's probably more interesting for regular people than uh some of this 2a stuff but it does touch 2a and i think that's some of the best stuff about it is that he's able to approach 2a without preaching or harping on it and uh because of his reach and where it is it's pretty interesting so it's worth checking out. All right. Well, again, oh, now we're at a tie. So you know what? You know what? I don't know what I'm going to do now. So now we have to do something else about this, but it ain't going to be tonight. So normally, you people that show up live get to determine the fate of next week. You have not done that this week. I've given you two efforts to do it, and you've squandered both of them into a tie. A lot of people like ties. They think, oh, nobody lost. We both won. Well, fuck that. You neither one of you won. You both lost. And you ruined it for everybody. Think of the people who are working. There's some lady who's trying to make enough money to keep all of these kids fed. And she's got a sick husband. And she's working three or four jobs. So what she does during the night to stay awake during this third job is listen to this show. And this whole show, she's been going by trying to figure out which one of these states is going to win. That was the only thing in her whole life that she had going on this whole week. I mean, she has other things going on. But... This week, this is all she had. And because you people squandered it, she's sad. She's probably crying. She probably went into the, I don't know, not the bathroom, but like into that little side room next to the door or whatever. And then was sitting on that place where you put your, your, your suitcase. And she's probably sitting there crying now because there was no decision. It was basically effectively nothing. It's like if this show didn't even happen. Oh, this is horrible. Never has this happened in the history of polls. I know this never happens to Gizzard's chats. That's for sure. Uh, the CCW chat from Rick will be on tomorrow. Uh, the chat He does his uh, shooting with disabilities on Wednesday. I, I always forget to mention Rick because I don't watch Rick anymore, but uh, I forget. But yeah, thanks for that. I think his is during the day, right? Or am I crazy? All right, well, thanks again for everybody showing up. And we're now gonna have a commercial don't think of just how sad that one lady is who's got her third job and she's trying to take care of her sick husband and all those kids. And not the fact that she's got a bunch of orphan kids that she's taking care of for her sick niece also, but think about all the other people out there that have other kinds of jobs. Somebody was about to do something next to something really sharp. And then because there was not a resolution to this poll, they might get injured. So I'm not saying that you people are dangerous, but it's reckless the way you don't come up with a decision. Even after all this scolding, you would feel like after all, I feel like after all this scolding, somebody would have come up with at least one vote. But nope, not in this show, not with this audience tonight. Oh, it's horrible. So with that, we're just going to have to end it on this. I guess sometimes that's how it has to end. This is how it's ending. We're watching the poll real time. So everyone is watching everyone not do anything about it. Literally, everyone's watching nobody do nothing. So. Now we're going to end the pain of watching nobody do nothing to end this. I'm going to go ask somebody else. Maybe somebody else's chat. Which state they would pick. Oh, wait. what's Woods is saying, can I vote someone's proxy? I already authorized that a long time ago. So now we finally have Oregon. So obviously, G23 somehow was awakened and called somebody or something happened. Because now all of a sudden, Oregon won. So that little old lady, she's not an old lady. She's a young lady, actually. That lady now, maybe she's smiling. Maybe she giggles a little bit because really she wanted Oregon to win. So uh, nice job. Very, very well done. We're going to end it now before somebody ruins it. And then uh, we'll be able to say next week, we'll be talking about the state of Oregon. If you've got an idea for which state I should replace Oregon in this pile with so we can have four states to choose from, feel free. If you've got ideas for Second Amendment activists to, to feature on Tuesday, feel free to throw that in the comments wherever you want. Or And or if you've got a, a specific gun owners rights group that's worth checking out next week, we'll do that as well. Now I'm definitely ending it because uh, it's over an hour and we finally have the resolution we look for. Everyone is happy. Tonight's episode: The Ripoff. Tonight's episode: Photo Finish. night's episode: That was no lady. What happened to the lady? Tonight's episode, Triangle Triangle of of Terror. Tonight's episode, Murder by the Numbers. I feel like the lady might have got murdered at the end of the show. So stay tuned to the next episode and find out. Thank you for supporting our projects. If you'd like to buy us a cup of coffee, Check out our Patreon channel. The guys and gals at gunwebsites.com encourage you to take a CCW class every year, practice at least once a month, and carry every day. Thank you for watching. Gunwebsites.com